This episode of the Expat Cast is brought to you by Horbach Expats. Horbach Expats was founded by young women who moved to Germany and shared the common belief that financial literacy should be a right and not a privilege. Their team of consultants offers financial advising in six different languages, and they even have a consultant who specializes in U.S. Americans living in Germany. You guys might remember I teamed up with them for an event around the 4th of July, and this January we're teaming up again for a new event. This time we're going to talk about investing in real estate in Germany as expats. We'll cover everything from getting an investment property to investing in a home for you to actually live in. And of course, we'll get into some of the complications that come with being a U.S. American in Germany. Join us on Monday, January 17th at 7 p.m. You can learn more and sign up for the event at the link in my show notes. See you on the 17th! This episode of the Expat Cast is brought to you by Lingoda. They're a fully online language school that offers classes in English, business English, French, Spanish, and very importantly, German. I started using Lingoda almost exactly a year ago when I wanted to start learning French. I really liked both the quality and the format of the learning. The class sizes were small, so me and maximal four other students, and all of the teachers were native speakers. And with the format, you can just sign on for whatever level you're at at whatever time you have available. Lingoda is actually most famous for their sprints. With the sprint, you challenge yourself to take 15 classes a month for two months. If you do that, you can get 50% of your cash back. Or you can sign up for the super sprint and challenge yourself to do 30 classes a month for two months to be able to get 100% of your cash back. With the start of the new year, there's really no better time to commit to your language goals. So you can go ahead and sign up by February 1st and your classes will start February 11th. And if you need a little push over the edge to get yourself motivated, if you sign up with the code expatcast2022, you can save 20 euros or $25 on your deposit. Click the link in the show notes to sign up. Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. Welcome to 2022. I am very, very excited about this year. I've been enthusiastic about the number 22 since I was a kid, so I just, I just feel like good things are happening. Um, though actually, first I have to start off this episode with a bad thing that's happening. Actually, I can't even fake it. It's a very good thing that's happened, and that is Thregapatfo, the third ever Expat Germany podcaster's advent donation face-off. So I went head-to-head with Sean of the Germany Experience to see who could raise more money for Kinderlachen, a charity that helps kids in different crisis situations or challenging situations all across Germany. We raised funds all advent long, and the competition has come to a close. It was a very exciting competition this year. There there was a lot of back and forth with who was in the lead. There were a lot of really big donations that blew our mind. And most importantly of all, we raised over a thousand euros for Kinderlachen. That is far beyond what we ever dreamed we could do. And Sean and I are absolutely thrilled and touched that our listeners were so generous to this great cause. So thank you to everyone who donated. Then, okay, yeah, it was a competition, so someone won and someone lost. Historically, I have always lost, and um, (laughs) history repeats itself, so I lost again. (laughs) The final numbers were, I raised 455 euros, and Sean raised 610 euros. So I, I don't know, for me, it's hard to say that's a loss, because that's just such a wonderful amount to donate to such a good cause. 
But yeah, technically I lost. So okay, I admit it. Um, two things here. One is the winner gets some kind of a prize every year. And Sean and I haven't quite nailed down what his win will mean. So if you guys have any fun ideas, feel free to let us know. And second off, my donation page is actually going to be active until the 22nd of January. So if you wanted to donate and you just didn't get around to it yet, you can still do it. And no, it's not gonna help me beat Sean, but it is going to help kids across Germany. And that's kind of what the whole thing was about. So I'll put the link in the show notes the next couple episodes in case anyone wants to do a last minute donation. And thanks again to everyone who participated. All right, on to the episode. I am very excited about this one. It is a listener turned guest. I just love finding out who's on the other side of this thing. And this listener turned guest has quite a story to tell. Actually, probably the craziest story that I've heard over the last couple years of living in Germany. Enjoy Sarah and her wild, wild story. I'm Sarah Comstock. I'm originally from Essex, Iowa. And then now we are in Rheinbach, Germany. My husband and older kids moved in August of 2020. And then my youngest and I moved over in, I think, early October 2020. How often do you encounter other Iowans in Germany? Oh, I've never met another Iowan in Germany. I, wow. I, because of where we live is so small, we've, I've rarely met anyone from the U.S., here. Um, just recently, actually, at the St. Martin's Day Parade, I met an exchange student from the U.S. And so that was the first time I had spoken in English to an American in Germany, or not in Germany, but in um, Rheinbach. Yeah, it must have been a weird moment. It's like super exciting. But then at the same time, I know sometimes it can be hard to switch in your brain and like catch up to whatever's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it was strange. And then he was also a high school student, whereas, you know, I'm a different part of life. So I'm like, I don't even, what do you even ask a kid in high school? <laughs> and it's like, you assume you have so much in common just because you're from the US. But look, we had like nothing in common. <laughs> but he was super sweet. And it was just, I think it was right before Thanksgiving too. So it was nice to like, exchange numbers and like you're lonely you know or miss the U.S. you know get it was a call or text so that's so nice I I think that makes such a world of difference even if he never contacts you just for him to know there's there's someone there if he needed to yeah I can't imagine um can't go back to the U.S. the whole time they're here yeah okay and you've mentioned Rheinbach is this tiny place so how okay first off if you can tell people who, who aren't familiar with it roughly where it is and then how how the heck do you guys end up there? <laughs> Good question. So it's not the tiniest village. Actually, we have several supermarkets and things. I think it's around 10,000. So my husband was back in before the pandemic in like January, February 2020, kind of looking for something different. He is a fermentation scientist and was working for like a big multinational company in the U.S. And it's kind of like this is not interesting anymore. Kind of I would call it a midlife <laughs> professional <laughs> crisis. And so he started looking for other positions in the U.S. And I, in the past, had always asked, like, would you be interested in moving abroad, you know, before we had kids or when we had kids that were younger? And he never was interested. And then this time, of course, after four kids, in at that time, I guess we didn't know the pandemic was starting, that he was the one who brought up moving abroad. And so I was like, sure, go ahead. <laughs> look, for, look for a job, you know, not thinking it would lead anywhere. And then he found this startup company called Formo that is based out of Berlin, and they are trying to make vegan cheese. <laughs> yeah, I remember the day I was working, and my 
home office and he comes up and is like, what do you think about Germany? And I was like, Germany, what about it? <laughs> um, and so I did a quick Google search because I'd never really thought about moving to Germany and all my dreams of moving abroad and just never made the top of the list. But after doing, you know, a quick Google search, I was like, oh, this doesn't sound so bad. You know, good education, like safe, interesting place. So he applied and I think it was within a week he had a phone interview and two weeks later he was here doing it in person. Wow. It was so fast. And by then we knew the pandemic was cut, like it was more prominent in the news. And so actually yeah. they wanted him to come in person before everything shut down. And he was here when the Trump made the announcement that was incorrect, that everything was shutting down. So I remember watching the news. Uh, my aunt was staying with me, helping with the kids. And I was like, oh my God, I can still get goosebumps when I think about it. He was still here. And I made the decision to call and wake him up in the middle of the night. Like, what are we going to do? Like, <laughs> you're yeah. stuck there and for how long? And we actually made the decision that it seemed unlikely they would keep U.S. citizens out. So he just went on the next, the next few days for the interview. But we'd heard of other people who spent thousands of dollars trying to get back before the, the deadline. But he stayed. Oh, my God. Yeah, was able to get back. And it was it was just fine. But, yeah. So that's how. Sorry, that was a long answer. To... But what an exciting one. Holy yes. moly. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Well, so then the pandemic threw even more of a curveball because he came here, loved it. They liked him. But then we couldn't move because the EU shut down travel from the U.S. We decided, yeah, we would take this kind of leap, but we couldn't, and so we couldn't move. So he started working from the, for them remotely, and we thought it would probably be a year, like summer 2021, before we would be able to move. So we kind of like relaxed. I had a full-time job I loved. You know, everything was going fine with him working from here, and it was, I think, in July of 2020 when I think it was all of EU, not just Germany, like made a slight variation to who they would let in. And if you could prove that you were essential to the German economy, then you could travel here. <laughs> so, and so that's what they did. They were able to make a justification for why we should be able to move. And so there was this quick window. He came in July 2020 for a week, tried to find a house. And then two weeks later was moving with our older kids here so they could start school on time. It was so fast and so crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. Wait, this is like one of the crazier stories I, I feel like I've ever heard. <laughs> I have so many questions. I don't even know where to start. Wait, okay, okay. Um, well, one thing I was still not clear on, because you said the company is in Berlin. Do they just like have an outpost in Rheinbach? Their business office is in Berlin, but the actual like scientific lab and all the scientists are in Rheinbach. And okay, I don't know the full story of why they I know they looked at several different locations but they're in like a incubator area where it's four startups I believe here in Rheinbach it's so funny with the pandemic what exceptions are made and what the rules are and not are and so it's like you're saying like if it's essential to the German economy then you can come in and I like that the German economy was like no it is essential that we have vegan cheese (laughs) (laughs) that's why I you know Imagine us telling our family and friends, like I remember telling our neighbors, like <laughs> it sounds like a fake thing anyways, you know, everybody's in lockdown in the US. We were just like, yeah, we're going to move to Germany <laughs> for, for a startup company making vegan cheese. Yes, the whole, we weren't really sure if we would get in, like basically everyone said, we put up this whole packet together, right, of like justification of why you should be allowed in, but no one will tell you, yes, you can get in or no, you can't. They say it's up to the border agents, I don't know what they're called here, um, when you get to the airport. So when my husband came and the three kids, they, we had no idea, you know, like would they get through or not. And 
they actually had to call, I believe they called the um, CEO of the company because there was a mix up with the paperwork. And so they ended up in the Frankfurt airport for hours oh my for lots of reasons. And my kids are still traumatized <laughs> by that experience. And then when um, Alexander, our, our little one and I came over um, a couple of months later, we came for a visit and then we came to move permanently. Uh, we did the same thing. I just had this pile of paperwork and was like, please let us in <laughs> yeah. all this way and I'm exhausted. But um, so that was not the best situation is to not know if you're going to get in or not, but we did get in. So I mean, super brave of you guys to do, especially with the kids and with COVID and the, I don't know, I'm assuming there's a language barrier and all yes. that. Like it's, <laughs> I, I think it must be so funny though, for your friends and family, like this must be some really hipster version of the like some Nigerian prince wants to offer you his inheritance yeah. kind of email. Like <laughs> I thought it too, and and I was like, let's see when you get the first paycheck. Like, yeah, feel real. <laughs> so no, they definitely all had that mentality. I mean, it still sounds funny when we say it, but no, it's here we are. I love it. I love it. And okay, and so how old are all of the kids? So now they are. We have a twelve-year-old. Um, Abram is our oldest. Stella's 10. Isabel is eight, almost nine. Her birthday is this month. And we have Alexander and he's two. So you also said you had to get the older ones there at a certain time so that they could get into school. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so we gave them the option really even before we moved. We said, do you guys want to do this? You know, this is not something we have to do. It was kind of like a fun thing. It felt like in the middle of the pandemic when we didn't know that was still in the early days. Like, how long is this going to go on? Everything was shut down. We're like, you're not going to school with your friends anyway. We can't get together with family anyway. It's kind of a nice time to go. And so they were all in. We also gave them the choice. At that point, it was July. We said, you have to go in two weeks. Like, it was a very quick turnaround. If you want to start at the beginning of school, or we could just go later in the fall and go in the middle of school and they all decided especially my older one wanted to be there for the first day of school so they flew in I want to say like got here on a Monday and school started Wednesday and they knew <laughs> no German <laughs> my husband knew no German and so trying to get them enrolled and there on the first day and then then you add COVID so they're like school didn't know how to really deal with like kids who were coming from the U.S. who was you know at that time doing much worse than Germany <laughs> So anyway, it was it was crazy. <laughs> how did this work? Like <laughs> I cannot understand how you guys pulled this off and also you have this like calm amused energy about you and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> well I wasn't here. It was for for me it was my husband who was trying to do this and that what makes it even crazier is we couldn't get an Airbnb or a long-term rental until our the house that we were going to move into wasn't it was under construction and it and it wouldn't be ready until September. So they had to move three or four times in oh my different Airbnbs. And I can't imagine how stressful that was. I wasn't here again. So this is my husband with the three kids trying to start a new job, trying to get them to school every day, language barrier. And then in the, in the midst of that, we had all kinds of car issues. We thought it would be easy to buy a car. It was not. Um, <laughs> he had to like exchange rental cars at the... Bonn Airport. I didn't say where Rheinbach is. Rheinbach is, I want to say, south of Bonn. I should have my map up now, but it's near Bonn, <laughs> Cologne. So we're like 25 minutes from Bonn by train and like 45 from Cologne. So anyway, he was going back and forth to Bonn to rent cars and um, <laughs> moving Airbnbs. And every day, like I was still working at that time. Um, and so my coworkers are always like, what is the latest? 
<laughs> Crazy. You're like, how much time do you got? <laughs> exactly. So was the was the company helping with any of this? Because I feel like startups are usually not really that I don't know when I hear of like companies helping with international moves, these are like the giant companies that have infrastructure for this. So I I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of gonna be surprised if the company was really really able to do so much. They did not have anyone set up to help with the transition. Like that was their job. We yeah. um, hit this chief technology officer lives here in Rheinbach and had moved about six months before and is German. She was living out of the country too, but so it was new to Rheinbach. So she was super helpful in helping translate and especially getting the house set up and just asking about schools and stuff like that. But of course she also had her, you know, full-time job and two kids, (laughs) but but, um, they were, they were super nice and helpful. They continue to be really helpful, but it was no one's job. Yeah. We didn't have like a relocation specialist. So then, okay. A couple months later, you show up with the little one Mm -hmm. and then what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then let's see. I tried to keep working from the U S I love my job and and they said I could try to do it from Germany. And I, so I was working in the evenings because I was working U.S. time. My husband was working during the day. We were just trying to make it work. It was like, I think it did work for so long because it was during COVID and then nothing was happening. Didn't do anything else. <laughs> work and watch the kids. And we were so, so, so lucky that across the street from us is this amazing couple who have two small children and they like, I feel like adopted us. <laughs> and because this is, we were still able to have one other couple in our house. So we started with the neighbors who spoke really good English. Like, and so on Friday nights, we would do game night with them. And so that was kind of our only outside. <laughs> um, you know, the kids went to school, but we weren't allowed to really socialize or do anything else. We didn't meet any other parents or everybody kind of kept to themselves. And so that was our only like social activity <laughs> for a really long time, other than listening to your podcast. <laughs> like that. And so that's what got us through those first few months was really them. Like they were amazing and still are. We just celebrated Thanksgiving with them oh, this so past sweet. weekend. So yeah, we were like, it's our second annual Thanksgiving. And I mean, it must've been thrilling for them too, because lockdown is just a really boring time. Yes. And if you're this like couple with these kids and you're, you're open to something like becoming friends with the American family, I can imagine that kind of personality would be thrilled when all of a sudden in the middle of the most boring time of their life, like this really exciting, big family with all of these adventurous stories, even from just the move alone, <laughs> just shows up across the street like, hey, we're here to we're here to entertain. I think we're definitely the oddities. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think most people in this neighborhood and the town have lived here forever. So yeah, we were definitely, I think, stuck out. But yeah, they were great. And it worked out like our houses are so close, they could have their baby monitor, put their kids to bed, still come back and play games. So that was are some of my fondest memories so far of Germany before everything really shut down over Christmas last year. And then we couldn't do anything like game night stopped. Yeah. And then, okay, so then I'm trying to remember the shape of all of the lockdown stuff. But I think it was around May last year that things started opening back up. So did you guys get to have a summer of at least some sort of normal of like doing things? (laughs) Yeah, so we had a lot to get used to. So I think the kids had just gone back to school for a few weeks if I remember right at all yes and then they had six weeks off which is as my son will tell you half the amount of time (laughs) that they would have gotten in the U.S. so they were really looking forward to like every ounce of summer break and we had asked them if they wanted to go back to the U.S. or stay here and they all voted to stay I think that Frankfurt Airport really did traumatize oh. <laughs> So they, they wanted to Forget. stay. <laughs> they wanted to travel because we had told them one of the reasons we moved was so that we could travel. 
we had a year of no travel and now we did a couple of trips. So the day after <laughs> um, they got out of school, we went to Pusin, which is in Bavaria at the foot of the Alps. And we loved it. It was so beautiful. It's just gorgeous. The Alpine lakes, the uh, my older two and husband like hiked in the mountains and the Alpine coaster. It was just so idyllic. It's still our favorite. I asked the kids um, today, they knew I was going to talk to you. And I was like, what were some of your favorite memories? And they all mentioned the Alps. But then yeah. we came back and I think we'd only been back a week, maybe not even. I think it happened on like a Thursday. And then the floods that hit Germany, Rheinbach was like, not the worst hit, but definitely very bad. So our neighborhood was actually hit the hardest. And our basement flooded, our neighbors who did game night, their house flooded all the way up to the ground level. And so mm. all their games were lost, everything in their basement, like all the houses around us had um, water and at least the basement, if not the first floor. And it was just, we were totally shocked and like unprepared for that. And that really took over most of the rest of our, our summer. Did you, did it happen while you guys were out of town? No. So we, I think we got back on like Sunday and it happened on a Wednesday night I want to say Um, yeah so we weren't back that long I don't even know how to describe how crazy it was we didn't have electricity for 10 days our phones weren't working just mud everywhere the construction trucks just blocking every street it was I don't know I'd never lived through anything like that before and it was actually first time we'd really seen so many of our neighbors and everything because everyone's outside talking to each other because we lived here for a year but during COVID and so right in this like really sad and tragic time also was really amazing to see like the community and neighborhood kind of come together and everyone help out and then after the roads got a little bit more clear seeing people come from other towns to help out and then once Rheinbach got somewhat back in shape people going into the smaller villages helping them clear out so it was shocking like how bad it was and then recently we went to some of the towns that were right on the river that had it even worse and it's just it's unbelievable what it, it's places we used to hike and go camping and now it doesn't you wouldn't recognize it when it was actually happening did you guys have to I don't know was it like you had to run to the upstairs and like grab your stuff from the basement or what was the moment like I wouldn't say it was like getting dark I could actually got on a run earlier that day and then was talking to a friend on the way back I was like there's like water like in places there's not normally water like looking back it was so silly because it was raining so hard again I could see water in places that there wasn't normally there but I still didn't think of anything about it probably close we were making dinner so it was four or five o'clock I look out the window and there's water starting to come up our street we live on the edge of town but train tracks run right by our house and the water is coming from like the area where the train is and I like yelled at my husband I was like there's water in the street like what do we what do yeah. we do and okay so this is even crazier <laughs> is that um earlier that evening I had said we were missing some ingredient for dinner or whatever so I'm like can you run to the store and normally he would actually just walk but because I needed it quick he was going to take the car well, our car didn't start. But again, oh. it was earlier in the, the day. I didn't think anything of it. And so, but now there's now water coming up our street. And I'm like, Josh, the car didn't start. Like, what are we going to, like, should we leave? What do we do? And I, our neighbor, we, we live in a attached house. So there's a house that's like mirror image of ours. And the neighbor was out on the step. And I'm like, what do we do, yeah. Oliver? Like, what's, what's happening? What's the plan? And, and he was like, oh, no problem. It, it just, it does this. It'll come up in the street. So we were just standing there, just like oh, watching Josh had been, who's my husband, had been running downstairs every now and then just to check our basement, which had no water in it at this point. 
and it had been waterproofed when they renovated it before we moved in. There's nothing coming up. It's fine. And then it started rising even faster, like to where our neighbor's car tires were being covered. And so like we yelled over to them, like, you know, and so they started moving their car. Do we leave? Like, what do we do? And we just decided to stay because again, our we have six people in our family and our car wasn't starting (laughs) and everybody else was staying. So we're kind of like, okay, well we'll stay. And then we were just watching it come closer and closer. And that's when the neighbors yelled, they had had a little bit of water and then it was just like gushing in. And so Josh went back downstairs. He's like, okay, now there is water here. So he and the kids grabbing as much stuff as they could. I don't know why now that I think about it, we didn't do it earlier, but because there's Mm. been no water, we weren't worried. Yeah, and I feel like things like that, like, they seem so impossible. And, yes, and like, there's right. something in your mind that, like, resists that reality until that, there's, yeah, but this literally. is still, like, yeah, it's still rising. It's still coming. It's not going to stay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the basement was finished. We had, like, our washer dryer down there. We had actually just set up an amazing guest room because uh, we were going to have our first visitor from the U.S. So oh. they were trying to carry everything, like, all our suitcases, which were full of winter clothes, you know, anything. Everything they could, they were hauling upstairs. We even got the mattress upstairs. It was lucky because we got three feet of water. It was like right below where the light sockets were on the wall. Yeah, (laughs) it was nothing compared to the neighbors who theirs went into their first floor, but it was not great. And so then everyone had water overnight. So as this was happening, the water was rising. I don't have to send you videos sometime. It was like yeah. rushing down both sides of our street. It was like we were at this intersection of water coming from where we had this little stream that's normally dry coming one way and we had water rushing the other way and kind of making this like swirling vortex like right in front of our house. It was scary. Like there were people trying to evacuate. I think the houses, they couldn't see that we had stairs in our front yard. Like it's a slope, which is why we didn't get as much water. And okay. people couldn't see this the cement stairs. So they were like, tripping on them we didn't know that much German so we couldn't say like yeah (laughs) my husband helped push some cars so many cars were lost the unfortunately there was several people did not make it for various reasons and whether they're in the house or out on the streets and so we didn't know that at the time but we did like I grabbed like water and we did not have an emergency plan so I did we did start to bring some stuff up to our second floor luckily we didn't need it but yeah, our neighbors have been living in their second floor since the flood in July. So they're just now getting their flooring put in on their first floor ground level because so many people's homes were damaged and it's just taking so long. And the construction here is so different. You know, it's not, it doesn't go fast when you're like yeah. pulling out concrete and putting back in concrete. So a lot of neighbors have had to move out totally. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. But honestly, this is a long and rough year. It sounds like kind of a long and rough year for you guys, too. And I mean, not to say it's like no good things happen, because it also does sound like a lot of great stuff was happening. But dang. Yes, that's that is definitely what it felt like. But at the same time, we were hearing like stories of people whose whole homes were gone. So you're kind of in this like, yes, this sucks. And it's not as bad as these other people. And so our kids were just so bummed. We'd just been talking about summer so much, especially my son, my 12 year old. He was so good. He went over and helped the neighbors every day, like hose off the toys, pull stuff out of the basement. And he just like worked so hard. I felt so bad for him I know that um they definitely missed out on their kind of carefree summer <laughs> but bright spot we had a second trip planned that was right at the end of those 10 days we didn't have electricity we were like we didn't know if we should cancel or not and we're like well we don't have electricity here anyway so yeah. um we went to Mallorca for a week and so nice. that was it felt like we have electricity and 
Yeah. <laughs> so the things that I never thought I'd be so excited about an Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. We have washer and dryer. And <laughs> that was very exciting. That's, well, okay. One thing I, I wanted to ask, I mean, Germany overall, like, I mean, I know you said you kind of Googled it at first, but mm-hmm. like what your experience, I guess, in Europe at all was before then. But then now I also want to tack onto that question, like, I mean, after all this, okay, I get on one hand, you didn't have that many expectations for Germany because you didn't know that much about it, but, and it all happened really quickly, but I don't know, you still have some expectations, I think, but none of what happened was probably in there. So um, now it's a dual question of like, what did, what was your knowledge or expectations before this whole move and and how is it all sitting now? (laughs) Good question. So I'd never been to Europe before. The first time that I was in Europe was when I was like flying here to move here. So what we had hoped for and the reason we wanted to move was one, to give our kids an experience that was outside of what they were used to in the U.S. to let them see there are different ways to live, especially car free, like walkability, et cetera. And we've gotten that here. So love the way the town is set up and public transportation. And I think another expectation that we'd wanted was the kids to, again, just experience a different culture and the language. I, I don't know why I hadn't really thought it through. Maybe it's because it all happened <laughs> so fast, <laughs> but originally in my head, they would go to an international school and that still speak English. And we'd have this experience without having it to be too hard. <laughs> well, that it lasted all of figuring out how much international school costs. And I was like, okay, that's right. not happening. <laughs> so then um, we put them in the local public schools and it's been amazing. And it was really rough for them at first, but they now are as fluent as you can be after a year of having online school and in person, their teachers are all really proud of the progress they've made to see how they've changed, especially my, my 12-year-old who was more timid or shy in the U.S. And here he's like, <laughs> he has to help me. <laughs> so he translates for me. He'll go in Aww. like very confident um, in a way that I don't know he would have been if we stayed. So the things that we'd wanted and hoped for the kids have all come true in spades. And like seeing them, especially this year where they can be in sports, like they're doing soccer and track. I've just seen them blossom here. And I'm sure that that we would feel the same way about them in the U.S. Like we're very proud of them. We're their parents. But like in a different way, I think they've gone through some really hard things. And now we're seeing them on the other side of that, hopefully. (laughs) And um, yeah, they're all really thriving. And so that's that was the real reason, I think, is to see the impact on our kids. And that's all true for me. Like, again, I love being able to walk everywhere. The traveling that we wanted to do hasn't all happened but a lot has in the last six months since the summer so I guess everything that we'd hoped for is coming true just not in the way that we maybe originally envisioned back to vegan cheese okay (laughs) (laughs) because you also just mentioned recently you had vegan thanksgiving yes vegan skipping vegan skipping i have to ask how it was so it kind of snowballed from like oh the team in rheinbach was just going to do a potluck you know thanksgiving in their office to the berlin team coming in and then to all of a sudden we're hosting <laughs> in our house which and i have to say for as far as anyone who's concerned about COVID, like everyone did a pcr test before they were as safe as I could possibly feel. Our kids stayed upstairs and the younger ones aren't vaccinated. So I think we ended up with around 20. I did a whole vegan Thanksgiving. So we had stuffed kubris, so stuffed pumpkin and stuffing and mashed potatoes, Brussels sprout salad, um, green bean casserole. We had all of it. It was so fun. And the, the centerpiece 
piece of the of the evening was that they have this life-size cow <laughs> that they had used for a TED conference and they put it in our backyard and so we decorated it <laughs> with Christmas lights and a Santa hat and so <laughs> oh my god you can't see this but my jaw literally dropped when you said the words a life-size cow <laughs> <laughs> I will send you a picture it's back Please. in Berlin now but um if our neighbors didn't think we were strange Americans before as we my husband and his coworker were pulling this cow out of the tr- trunk <laughs> of the car <laughs> but and oh so my yeah my kids are sad the cow has now gone back to Berlin I seriously want to hear this story that we've just heard from you from so many different perspectives like I want to hear it from your husband's from your kids perspective but also like yeah looking at this whole last year and a half of your life but through the eyes of the neighbors with the board games or through the <laughs> eyes of right. you know Oliver next door who's just like and now they brought a cow and now <laughs> I know. I saw him at a soccer. I was like, "Did you see the cow?" He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> yes, I would. I my kids, they would have lots to say about their experience. Sure. Yeah. So, looking forward now, do you guys have a timeline for how long this whole adventure is going to be, or like, are there certain things you're looking forward to doing, or still want to experience? Oh, we have a long list. I'd say a yes and. So we don't have an end date. It's not like a contract position or anything but we have also told our kids like we didn't want them to stay longer than they felt comfortable we didn't know how it was going to go we still don't right like you're yeah. a month to month year to year <laughs> and so we check in with them every now and then I don't want to make it stressful for them like and it's interesting to see them change too my the 12 year old is like has been all in I swear he's German yeah. he just never skipped a beat and was just like this is my place I belong here. My husband's the same way. It's like, they love the <laughs> rules. They love the yeah. culture. Like everything just jives with them. And they were like, I've met my people. We're staying. That's like, awesome. Let's stay for life. And whereas <laughs> my 10 year old, she's much more cautious at first, but now she has this like amazing friend group. It's like, she just said for her birthday, she's like, I think I shouldn't have a party because I have too many people I need to invite. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> so she's just living her best life and she's That's a, awesome she misses her friends in the u.s but she's like i'm digging this especially now that she knows a lot more german whereas my eight-year-old she really misses the u.s and her friends but she's likes traveling too so, so she's uh, on the like fence but as long as we have new fun trips to look forward to she's she likes staying so i think we're definitely in like a take it as it comes and not like setting a date but it's usually around the school year of like, okay, we're going to commit to another year. We do have a lot of travel <laughs> planned and visitors coming and we're keep fingers crossed that we'll be able to do any of it. And so I think that's the other thing now that U.S. citizens can come and visit, which is was a total game changer for us to be able to go from a year of not seeing anybody to being able to line up. That's my, I feel like my full-time job now is convincing people to come visit yeah. and then um, <laughs> making fun travel plans while they're here. Yeah, I really, really hope for you guys that a lot of that, if not all of that is possible because you've had a go of it. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've made the most out of what has been given to you, but it's definitely time for some things to go maybe as planned. Like that concept <laughs> of as planned is just so, so left in the dust at the moment. So <laughs> I think we're so grateful for anything when it does work out now, you know, it's, yeah. it's not given. So that's kind of nice too, is to, to have that gratitude there for anything that we get. Yeah, and I wanted to ask one more topic, which is um, you mentioned at the top that you were trying to work from Germany with your U.S. company. So did that end up working out? Yeah, so I lasted until April. So kind of slowly cut back 
and then shifted roles a little bit and it just became too much. Like I think it was in April that we also, we had a nanny who was helping out during the day a little bit. And then she was in college and had to do an internship. And so we lost her. And then that's what it just kind of all fell apart for me. When yeah. I, I didn't have help because we'd been on the list for the Tagus motor. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but the day mother um, where here all the childcare is run through the city. And so whether you want an in-home daycare or kindergarten, which is here is age two to six. So we were on this list, but there was no spots. And so I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do the working in the evenings and having no help during the day. So I decided to step down from my position, which was really sad because I loved it and worked with so many amazing people. It was also my social support system, I realized, was you know, being able to have adult conversation, <laughs> human yeah. connection at night. So I ended in April, but then with the summer and all the craziness with the flood and the kids yeah. and everything, it has not felt like I've had extra time <laughs> because of all of that. Right. And I kept telling myself like, oh, when it calms down, when it calms down. But now Alexander, the two-year-old is in the kindergarten. So he got a spot and that's great. Now, hopefully once we get through I think I'm interested in either spending more time learning German, which I have not given as much time to, or potentially finding either going back to my same company, but maybe in a more limited role or finding something here. Can be kind of exciting um, if you didn't already have 12 million other things yes, that are also. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as you've been saying, as you've been doing, you know, step by step, yes. you'll uh, somehow get through that way. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I could seriously ask you so many more questions and hear so many more stories. But for the sake of time, I'm going to have us round the corner and head to home with the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. So it's a rapid fire question round where I ask you three questions that you answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Of the places that you've been able to go so far in Europe, what is your very favorite? I'm going to say Amsterdam. I'm imagining that you've encountered some German kids content, be it books or TV shows or what have you. What is the funniest one to you? Oh, gosh. This is, I don't know enough German. I don't know if I have. I had to pass. I don't know. Well, and my kids want to watch if, if we first made them watch German or like listen to things in German, but they just want to watch their U.S. shows and they would turn out on in German and Netflix. <laughs> so. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. If we could get you a giant, giant care package of snacks or goodies from the U.S., what's the first thing where you're like, <laughs> it has to be in there? Um, the first thing that came to mind was, this is bad because of vegan cheese company, but Velveeta to make queso. <laughs> I miss Mexican food and chips and queso. <laughs> And margarita. You put an entire oh. Mexican restaurant in a care package. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All Mexican food. Having the word Velveeta come up in the same episode where we talked a lot about vegan cheese just makes me really happy. <laughs> well, it's in my mind. Um, actually, Forvo was mentioned on a joke by in Jimmy Fallon a few weeks ago when they, they raised a whole bunch of money and he anyways made a joke about them. <laughs> And reference Velveeta. And so now it's like been in my mind ever since then. Because I was like, but Velveeta's so good. <laughs> in the form of queso. So that's why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to keep an eye out for this company because, yeah, Freiburg's a super hippie town. And like every second person is vegan, it feels like. And they're all about the alternatives. So I could be hip for a minute and be like, well, I know this brand. <laughs> they don't have any cheese yet, but they will. <laughs> they're working Yeah, out. yeah. 
coming coming around soon. soon. I mean, that's even better, right? To know about it, not even before oh, it's cool, before. but like before it's even on the shelves. There you go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, thanks not only for making me cool with the <laughs> hippie fry burgers with this knowledge, but thank you also for yeah for reaching out for coming on the show for sharing your wild story, <laughs> and yeah, as said, fingers crossed, thumbs pressed, all of it that this next leg goes a little bit more <laughs> according to plan. Yeah, I'm so too. <laughs> Thanks one more time to Sarah for coming on the show and sharing her and her family's wild adventures. If you are a listener who wants to become a guest, you can always shoot me a line at theexpatcast at gmail.com. Tell me a little bit about yourself and we'll see what we can make happen. And if you're not already, please follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at theexpatcast. Plus, I would love it if you could leave this podcast a rating and a review. I've heard rumor that Spotify has started allowing reviews. So if you have that function on your Spotify already, that is the latest place that you can leave a review. I want to thank, as always, Amy Lunky Art for the logo and Side Hug for the theme music. There on Instagram at a hug from the side. On Thursday, I will be back in your feeds with a very special guest, one of my favorite people in the world. And we're going to be talking about a wild phrase that's been haunting us for a year and a half. Yeah, so more on that next week. Till then, have a wonderful week. Stay healthy and stay safe. Bis done. Tschüss.